0: Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome Yahoo NBA strategy show Wednesday, the 6th of April, only a few days to go before the season wraps up, but we got a six game today. I'm Dave Lockman joining me Greg Ehrenberg as he does every Wednesday. And uh, dude, I tell you what, when you look at some of these games, there are at least half of the teams have nothing to play for. So uh, like the, navigating these waters is going to be difficult today, especially with no real significant news coming out yet.
1: And I mean, the other thing too, is like the Oklahoma City Thunder, I, I guess they have something to play for in terms of they want to lose, but tanking has gone too far when you get to a point where it's like, you know what, we really can't win this game. So we can't play Aaron Wiggins. Like, what, like what are we I doing? I still won. Yeah. And, and it, which, which could not have made me happy. And they were down 20 points at one point.
0: In the fourth, but, they were down by 19, and they covered, too. They covered the three and a half.
1: But, I mean, how ridiculous is it where we've gotten to a point in the season where it's like, oh, we have to sign Xavier Simpson on a 10-day <laughs> contract to start a point guard just to try to lose games? By the way, he's a really cool highlights fact. John W. saw this. He's this little six-foot guard. Six-foot is being generous. Yeah. That's what he's listed at now. And he, he only shoots hook shots. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, he he just runs through the lane and shoots hook shots. like, I think I can get my dad back into the NBA by showing him Xavier Simpson play (laughs) basketball. Just this little guy just runs through the lane and just launches hook shots.
0: It's crazy, too, because when you talk about tanking going too far, it's not – I mean, like, the Sam Hinkie, the Sam Hinkie era, you would think would have disincentivized teams from tanking as bad as they are because the rewards aren't as as big as they were back in the Hinkie days. Like, back then, you looked at that as, oh, my God, this is an epic tank, multi-year tank. We gotta stop this. We I mean, they they literally it, it was like a mutiny and and they supplanted him with uh what was his name? Uh what, what, what
1: was his name? Palangelo, Brian
0: Colangelo, yeah, yeah, get a new spin or whatever it was. Uh Mr. Burner. But the crazy thing with, with OKC, it's not just that like they tanked and ruled guys out, they had they had 10 active bodies and played. Four guys, forty-three plus minutes, and another guy, thirty-nine plus minutes, and and then what's his name only played? I, I, Lindy Waters only played four minutes because he was scoring too much.
1: Which it, it's and exactly we get to the point of the season. It's like, hey, we can't play Teo Mallet on our Aaron Wiggins Who weren't <laughs> even at this? These are guys who were kind of not even in the Thunder's rotation at the start of the year. This is just taken tanking to a whole nother ridiculous level. The other thing too is I brought this up yesterday. Last season, an NBA record was set with 540 players stepping on the court that was a new record and that's due to you know different COVID things injuries tanking rest all that we're over 600 this year so this is a thing like last year we it was an egregious amount of players right and this year it's just totally gone past it and yeah it's it's to a point now we're looking at this late and it's like oh is is uh Georgios Kalitizakis a good option or not and then he's (laughs) and then he's like and then this dude is listed as questionable himself because he's sick so it's The whole thing's ridiculous.
0: It's crazy, man. COVID was wild this year, too, before like the Omicron phase of COVID during this season got pretty out of – there were some teams that just had no starters for – like Greg Monroe was playing big minutes at one point.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, there's there's no way this gets topped. I think we've thought this about the NBA before. It's like there's no way tanking and rest goes to another level in this game. This has to be. people there's it has to be there's there's no way there's no way we get past aaron wiggins being too good to play in games at the end of the year
0: we've jumped the shark but here we are anyway we're going to go position by position happy to have you guys with us hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet and of course if you haven't signed up for yahoo's fantasy sports yet which would be weird because you're here watching a yahoo daily fantasy sports show use the link in the description or the one that mike's about to throw in the chat for us Get a free month of Awesome Up Plus Platinum. Every single thing on the site, every tool. All you have to do is sign up using that link. Got to use the link. Sign up using the link. Uh, deposit $10 or more. Only have to be $10. They'll give you $10 back in free credit, and then we'll hit you up with the free Awesome Up Plus $90 value subscription. Oh, you have to enter a paid contest too, but why would you not do that? All right, let's do it, man. We'll start at point guard. And like I said, we, we have to be, we have to kind of, tread water here just with an understanding that you want to watch the deeper dive and live before lock tonight because i mean greg the the suns i would not be shocked if the suns rested a bunch of players they have nothing to play for whatsoever the clippers might be a bit different because you probably tyler's probably still wants to get a little chemistry now with with paul george only having played three games and their final two games on saturday and sunday are back-to-back sets But there's just a lot of teams with OKC. Detroit's another one. Who the hell knows what's going to go on there? Uh, Phoenix, right now you have to assume they're all going to play. But if we kick it off with the point guard position, how do we approach it at the top?
1: Yeah, so for one, I would at least for now want to try to focus on the guys that we know are going to play. Uh, You talked about the Phoenix situation. It's the tail end of a back-to-back for them. They've got the first seed well locked up in the Western Conference. Actually, I did bet the Clippers when the line first opened, and it's moved a ton now. The Clippers are now favored in this game. It opened with the Suns being favored. Like We saw a six-point swing in the spread almost immediately after that line opened. So based on how I'm betting and on how I'm rating, I, the, the Suns-Clippers game.
0: What did that open at?
1: It was Suns minus three. Now it's Clippers minus three.
0: Okay. I saw it at minus one this morning. I didn't know it opened at minus three. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. That was, that was cause I'm always trying to evaluate where I think teams could potentially be resting. And that sure. was one that seemed, and we don't know for sure. I could just end up being wrong when the news comes out, but it seems fairly logical to me that the Suns will end up resting guys. But that aside, I think for now, at least trying to talk, I'm going to try to talk about the players that I know are going to be good options later. So I think point guards are pretty good position to pay up for. Uh, Luka Doncic at the top end, $55 over on Yahoo. He is the point guard I currently have the most exposure to. He is right now my favorite payup option on the slate. We have a team in the Mavericks that are playing for something. Seeding matters to them. And I think that that is enough for us to expect to get, you know, a full allotment of minutes, a full workload out of Luka Doncic, which is more than can be said about anybody else on the slate. Even if the Suns do start their guys, I don't think there's any guarantees that they play full minutes allotments
0: agreed I I I can't if I had to guess I don't think Chris Paul plays tonight I don't
1: don't. think I I don't think any of those guys play I don't think I don't think Chris Paul plays I don't think Devin Booker plays I don't think Aiden plays I don't think Bridges plays I don't think Crowder plays I think they just go you know like an eight-man rotation of just bench guys
0: I agree I just think like if one of them were to sit the most likely is probably Chris Paul but I don't know. I'll tell you, I'm pretty fascinated by Emmanuel Quickly right now because mm-hmm. I, I know with Thibodeau, it's hard to say and it's hard to tell what like Fournier's minutes are going to look like. But Quickly has looked very good. And it's not just the fact that he's played more minutes lately, but uh, as I was looking over some just some numbers on NBA.com stats, he's averaging 85 touches over his last two games, which is and and, and if you look at just like time of possession, all this stuff, he's clearly in a more of a playmaking role uh, than he has been in the past but he's somebody that can do a bit of everything. I don't know how many minutes he plays today, but if he pull, I, I think there's a ceiling for sure with quickly. He's $21. He's single digit ownership against a a, a top. The Nets team that's playing at a top 10 pace over the last month and a half. Th- this is a spot that does interest me. If he's really going to be sub 10% on.
1: I love quickly uh, in general, not just for DFS today, but I think he's a pretty good young player and I don't really understand how he wasn't a bigger part of the Knicks rotation this year. I thought that was a mistake by Tom Thibodeau because quickly had a great rookie season. Also to your point about him playing extended minutes, he played 34 minutes last game, which I believe is the most he's played the entire season. Uh, He had had a couple games earlier in the year where there were blowouts and starts and whatnot, but 34 minutes is the most he played in a, a very long time. He had a triple double last game. The usage has been there for him. He's never afraid to shoot when he's on the court. So you look at his, his usage over the last couple of weeks he only has one game with a usage rate below 23%. It was at 26.1% last game. He's going to be on the court. He's going to shoot. He's able to fill up the stat sheet in other areas as well. He's not, that all, he's not all that expensive at $21. The other point you mentioned, too, he isn't popular. So I agree. He's a contrarian option I like quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and if you take Rose Walker and Randall off the floor this year, he's played like 700 minutes without him, 26% usage, 32% assist rate, 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Those are good numbers. Those are good numbers. What else do you think stands out uh, at point guard? Like, Alec, here's, here's the, the question I have for you. Should Alec Burks be 33% when Quickly's
1: 8%? No, because I have Quickly projected higher than Burks. So there I think go. that's a pretty easy pivot to make. And a couple of things that are, number one, I just Quickly's a better play. And also there's leverage there. If Quickly plays really well, it could come at some minutes expense for Alec Burks. It could come at usage expense for Alec Burks. That's not to say that Burks isn't a good option at $20 but I think he's a little bit too popular. And I think quickly is a little bit under owned. So I put those two things together and I think that's an easy pivot to make uh, another guy in that price range. that I think could make sense is Reggie Jackson at $23. We saw for a little while, the Clippers said, Hey, we're, we're going to try to limit the minutes of our starters. Well, that's apparently off the table now because they were trying to cap Reggie Jackson at 32 minutes, but the last three games he's played 37 minutes and f- he's played 37, 40 and 33 minutes. Then you also consider that he could be playing against a Suns team that might be arresting a lot of guys. So that's somebody else who I really like at the position.
0: Apparently that was misinterpreted. And like Tyloo was just resting them until Paul George came back. But I think it, the wires got crossed there as far as communication went. So I don't yeah, know.
1: It is possible. I mean, that's, that's a weird thing though is, hey, we're going to have a minutes restriction for three games and Paul George is going to come back it's and not, take it, not, it off. It's, it, it's a weird policy.
0: It's very weird. All right, let's talk about shooting guard. So at the shooting guard position, you've got Jalen Brown, $32. Highest owned by a wide margin right now, according to our awesome ownership projections. Uh, Our player rankings are free today, too. Same with PGA golfer projections. Got the Masters coming up, NHL player projections. And be sure to stick around after Live Before Lock tonight because you got PGA Live Before Lock with Ben, Jason Ruslan, and Alex Baker joining them for a three-man booth. So, yeah, all that free content today, plus Live Before lock leading up to the Masters. At the top of the position, just from an ownership standpoint, who do you think makes the most sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, so if you look at the shooting guard, I mean, by far the most popular play here is Jalen Brown and a matchup against the Chicago Bulls. I don't really mind it. I think he's a little bit too popular. I'm not getting to quite as much of him. As what, the, as what the field is at 32%, but then you go down and you look at the next guys, Paul George, I think that he's somebody that makes sense, especially if the Suns are going to be resting guys. Paul George has played really well, and there's been no minutes concerns for him. I'm not sure we get a full allotment of minutes out of Donovan Mitchell, because I know we try not to predict blowouts, but how do you not expect the Utah Jazz to smash whatever the hell the Oklahoma City Thunder throw out there today? And Utah
0: needs this win, by the way.
1: Yeah, so the spread for that game is 17 points right now. Pretty wide, but I also think there's a good chance that the Utah Jazz starters get up by, like, 30 points. We don't see any of them play in the fourth quarter. So it's, it's something where I look at Donovan Mitchell. I don't do this often, but I'm going to have to reduce the minutes that I project him for. I'm
0: wrong. Utah doesn't need this. I, I forgot that uh, Minnesota dropped that game yesterday. So Utah has clinched the playoffs. By that. They, they could finish fifth or sixth. So
1: Yeah, and I think, I think potentially fourth as well.
0: Uh, yeah, they're two games back of Dallas. Dallas has Detroit today. So technically I, I would assume you're right. Yeah. If they hold the tiebreaker over Dallas.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's not likely, but either way, they're, they're going to try to win today. Right. And it is, it would as bad as Utah has been lately. And they've had some monumental collapses. I cannot imagine that they shit the bed in this game against the thunder. Cause the thunder have no intention of winning games.
0: They do not want to win. <laughs> There's no way. You would think this game gets out of control early. Like you said, it's it's difficult and and usually ill-advised to predict blowouts, but I'm not going against you on this one at all. I I will say that when you just look at the position and you kind of broke it down, there's nothing that stands out as great. I mean, Zach Levine's not overpriced, but this is a shit matchup. You still have DeRozan and Vooch, everybody looking healthy. Levine's probable on the second leg of a back-to-back after sitting out yesterday. Uh, Booker's $41 against the Clippers in a game that you and I both believe you could see several players, including him, sit or at least play limited minutes. Just going down the list, it it is not that appealing of a position, which honestly leads me to look at – and and I know you mentioned it, but leads me to look at $40 but 16% owned Paul George because his minutes have been odd since returning, but only because 31 and 32, but then 29 – he was on pace to play like 35, 36 minutes in that game. If they did, if it didn't blow out, I think, I think he probably in in a close game, get him to, to around that back to his, his season averages today.
1: Yeah. So Paul George is my preferred spend up option right now, just relative to everything, price ownership and all that. It's not like he's crazy popular 16%. So there's a few guys that are grouped together. You got Jalen Brown is on a tier of his own in terms of ownership at the position. Then you've got Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, Paul George, and Jalen Brunson are all really close. And of that group, I do think Paul George is the best option.
0: Did you mention Ish Smith yet? Uh, just curious, a point guard given that he's minimum salary. Like, do you, do, is there any way for us to actually figure out what Wes Unseld is going to do with this point guard rotation, or is it just more blowout, hot hand related?
1: The minutes have been pretty consistent over the last three games for Ish Smith. He's played 30, 28 and 30 minutes. So with that in mind, I think it's reasonable to expect 28 minutes for him and relative to his price, makes him a good option today on Yahoo. I think he is uh, a pretty good value play. We didn't really talk about him much at the point guard position and there are other point guards I prefer to him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think $10 is more than a reasonable salary and I don't see much reason to project him for you know way less minutes than what he's gotten in the last three.
0: Have you seen the insane assist totals that him and Sodoransky are racking up? In like yeah, it makes no sense. In... No You've sense. seen this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making a the betting video for Odd Shopper channel right now, and I'm, there's no way I'm going, I can go over six and a half assists for Sadoransky in 20 minutes right now. Like, he's converting 80% of his potential assists into actual assists. It's nuts.
1: And it's not like he's playing with good players either. They just happen right. to be making the shot. It's, it's not – there's no sort of magic. It's not, he's put, it's not like he's putting the ball in the perfect place. It's total just luck and variance. You know, not 100%, but a lot, a lot of it is.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, I wasn't sure if you'd seen that because I'm looking at this recently, just and seeing the prop. Because I'm, I'm, dude, I'm hitting over three and a half assists on Sodoransky last week, and now you know, <laughs> just crushing. But anyway, let's keep it moving here. We got small forward, power forward, and center to go. R.J. Barrett, very reasonable price point. Uh, Tatum's going up against Chicago uh, Bulls, playing their second of a back-to-back. Their situation's kind of weird too, Greg, because they they clinched the playoff spot, so they they they're not they don't have to play in a play-in game. There's no shot of that, because the Cavs lost to the Magic without uh, just hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, without yeah, exactly. Cole Anthony, Wendell Carter Jr. But they could grab the fifth seed. I really don't know how much that matters. That's the only room they have. That's the only mobility they have here. Uh, but what do you make of of small forward?
1: Yeah. So small forward, there are some teams that I like to focus on once again, that have something to play for one of them being the Atlanta Hawks. So we've got a pretty reasonable price tag here on Deandre Hunter. He is only $13. We also have Danilo Gallinari listed as questionable and hunters only project for 12% ownership. You look at the last handful of games for Deandre Hunter, 32 fantasy points, 30. He had one game against the Cavs. was a blowout where he shit the bed, played limited minutes, only scored eight, but you take that out of the equation, 26 27 fantasy points the game before and then just also like I said before to reiterate Danilo Gallinari's questionable to play so we have another situation where DeAndre Hunter I think should play extended minutes in this spot the Hawks need to win this game because they're trying to avoid having to play back-to-back play in games have to win two to get in so I think we're looking at bigger minutes from DeAndre Hunter again positive matchup against the Washington Wizards and the field isn't really there in a big way.
0: I'm with you on that hundred percent, but I have to ask you. So Jalen whore, this guy has played three games. Okay. He has 20 plus rebounds in two of them. Yep. Now, granted, both of those were starts, both of those, he played 40 plus minutes. The big question is today, does Dagnol? I, I don't know why, why do they not pronounce it? The French, the France, the way that they would pronounce it in France.
1: Like Danielle. I don't know. Is, has there ever been a, a wider collection of players from different areas of the world than this roster OKC has put together? I don't know. Like you, I, don't know. I mean, you just, like, like, right away, you just look at the players who are going to be playing extended minutes, or at least some of them potentially at the top and like Pokashevsky, you know, Isaiah Roby, Teo Maladon, Olivier Saar, Vit Kreichi, You know, they're getting guys from all over the place here. Um, and then
0: their coach, Dagnel
1: yeah as as for OKC though I need to see the starting lineup like is, is Jalen Horde played too well are they gonna be like no 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 we can't have this guy pulling down all these rebounds He's he's hurting Maybe. our chances for ping pong balls
0: hey, honestly I don't know I, I don't know but he
1: uh, imagine imagine resting somebody on a 10day contract for tanking
0: <laughs> yeah like resting Jalen Horde and playing one of your normal guys over him because Jalen Horde just been too good. But the the difference is on, like, on DraftKings, he's 5K. On on Yahoo, he's still $10. So even if you see him go back to, like, a somewhat routine rotation, a somewhat standard rotation, I don't think they will. Like, if if it blows out, Horde probably gets those minutes. It's so tough to say because you really do want big minutes from him. But on the other hand, he's he's as cheap as it possibly gets.
1: He has to start. Anybody that doesn't start for OKC, I brought this up when I was doing live before lock last night with Gundacker. When, when we saw guys like Wiggins and Pokashevsky not start for OKC, I I said like, all right, time to put the eject button take these guys out of your player pool. I don't know that it's the most likely scenario, but I'd said that there's a pretty good chance these guys play zero minutes. And I think the same thing goes for any player that's not in the OKC starting line. There is no rhyme or reason to the rotations or who this team is going to play. If Horde starts excellent value option probably plays 40-ish minutes in a start if he comes off the bench I legitimately don't know if he steps on the court at all so as long You're as he right. starts great great play
0: yeah yeah I mean, if he starts he's the best value play on the slate I think yeah. you can make a pretty good argument for that
1: yeah no disagreement here
0: so you have Jalen Horde you have Hunter you talked about at $13 you've got Tatum Barrett are there any are there any low-owned options right now that, that are even somewhat viable?
1: Uh, yeah, Not I mean, a lot. um, let's see, what was the ownership on Marcus Morris? So, Marcus Morris is projected for seven percent ownership, and another guy in, in Morris who so it doesn't look like we have to be concerned about the minutes restriction anymore. Last three games: 27 minutes, 39 minutes. In 27 minutes last game, the 27-minute game, that game wasn't especially competitive. So it looks like we could be getting over 30 minutes of Marcus Morris in competitive games. And once again, against that Phoenix Suns team that could be resting players. So a fairly unknown Marcus Morris at a reduced price point and back-to-back games where he scored well over 30 fantasy points. So it looks like he's resumed his normal role. I think that's somebody who's getting slept on at the position.
0: Okay. Yeah, if those minutes are there, $15 makes a whole lot of sense, especially against a potentially depleted uh, Suns team. At power forward, Obi Toppin, man, $17. There's, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to look away from that just, just given Julius Randle's absence and, and Toppin's play on top of the minutes and a, and a matchup against a fast-paced Nets team on the second of a back-to-back.
1: Yeah, I think all of the chalk plays here make, a, make sense. $17 for Obi Toppin, great option. Rui Hachimura, $10 is actually my favorite. I know that right now we have Toppin projected for slightly more ownership. It's, it's the slightest amount, just 45% versus yeah, 43%. Cool. I do get to more of Hachimura just because I have them projected somewhat similarly. But Hachimura is $7 less expensive. So Rui, Toppin, I think both them really good chalk plays. Don't have an issue with the ownership there. And same goes for Al Warford, assuming that he's in the lineup and starting. He also has a reduced price point at $21. We could see him play extended minutes, which should be the case going forward with Robert Williams injured. So three chalk plays at the position, and all three of them are warranted to me, Top and Hachimura and Horford.
0: I like Horford. Look, all the games that he, not every one of them, but if you look at just his game logs of games that he started with Robert, Robert Williams inactive, Horford's been very good. Yeah. I, very good in those games, you know, and, and even recently, right? 10, eight and six, just, just like point 17, 10 and six, six, 15 and four. He kind of produces everywhere. Uh, 19, seven and seven. I'm just going down the list of his most recent starts with, with Robert Williams off the floor. These are all pretty productive games. And I think the biggest thing with, with Horford is, is pretty simple. Like, is this a guy that's going to see consistent playing time? If the game stays competitive and he is, right? Like, he even played 30 minutes in, in a 42-point win last game. My question for you is, uh, kind of unrelated, but, well, kind of unrelated to DFS, but in a sense, maybe. Uh, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers are all knotted up at 49 and 30. Two-seed is almost certainly playing the Brooklyn Nets, right? So, no, you don't think so?
1: Not necessarily, because I mean, the the nets as of right now are the let's the see eight. what's are they at eight now? So the nets are at the eight, but they're tied. They have the same record as the Atlanta Hawks. Like it's not crazy to think the nets end up playing in the nine ten game, and then they don't have the, and then they and well, no, because yeah, if they play in the nine ten game, the best they could be is the it's eight. Is eight
0: right? No, no, yeah. no, I get that. I just think they're gonna you know, fire it up here, but we'll see. They got the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Pacers to close out the season. You're right. It's entirely possible that they don't, but this is one of those years where the four seed in the East actually doesn't look all that bad is what I'm saying.
1: Yo, I think the, I agree with you just because of the chance you might have to play the Nets as the one or two seed. I would much rather be the three or four seed, especially when you consider the teams below that, you know, the Toronto Raptors, the Chicago Bulls, uh, I guess the, the one thing that does come into play is, I don't know if you've read these stories, but apparently the Celtics have multiple core rotation players that aren't vaccinated that wouldn't be allowed to play in Toronto. So that, would also be a, a, that could also be problematic for them.
0: Are you shitting me?
1: Yeah, so that's uh, th- we don't know what players they are. I th- I'm just guessing. I think Jalen Brown is one of them, and I think Al Horford might be the other one. Because the last time they, neither Brown or Horford played the last time they went to Toronto and they listed Horford out for personal reasons. And then also just some of the comment and, you know, there's no way to know this. I was just kind of speculating when I was talking to one of my friends, we're trying to figure out who the players were. Uh, But Horford was ruled out because of personal reasons. The last time they played in Toronto and Jalen Brown, just based on some of the comments he made about Kyrie earlier in the year, I'm kind of reading the tea leaves and thinking that he would probably be in that same boat. If I had to guess who the two players are. Interesting. So I don't know if the Celtics want to be the three seed either and have to play the Toronto Raptors without those guys, potentially whoever it is, whoever it is. Raptors
0: could be the five too.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's uh, it's hard to say any team is going to intentionally try to lose games when, you know, we don't know what the alternatives are.
0: Yeah. But if you're the Sixers, you like that four right now. You know, you got to feel okay about that.
1: Definitely. I think this, I think the, I think, the Sixers would probably prefer to be where they are right now as the four seed than as the two seed.
0: Yeah. Also, if you're the Sixers, I would much rather face the Bulls than the Raptors. Much rather. There's, there's, the Raptors just give that team trouble. The Bulls are one of those teams that I'm not surprised at all that they've, they've slid. And Lonzo Ball's not coming back either. So,
1: yeah, that's true as well. I
0: mean, if Lonzo Ball was coming back just defensively alone, they looked very good on the defensive side earlier in the season.
1: Doesn't matter uh, hey, now. What's up? <laughs> Doesn't matter now. Not coming no, back. It means
0: nothing. I, I one more question at Power Forward. Yeah. So you have Clint, uh, Luka Doncic pulling 28%. He's $55 against Detroit. Obviously a good spot. Very slow-paced game. But mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Durant is getting 3% right now at Power Forward at essentially the same price. Obviously due to the fact that he has to play alongside Kyrie Irving. And he's the same price, but I mean, 3% on Kevin Durant, a guy that could in two of his last four games has ripped off 70 plus fantasy points.
1: Yeah. So this game isn't nearly as high leverage as some of those other games. He had big nights. So the reason, well, twofold, some of the reasons he had some big games uh, against the box, he played 45 minutes against the Hawks. He played 42. Those were pivotal games. Although that other game, like you mentioned, did come against the same Detroit Pistons team where he put up was it 71.7 Yahoo fantasy points. Yeah. He's not my favorite payup option on the slate, but in the build I have right now, I have around 10% of them. So, you know, that is three X the field.
0: Why isn't this a pivotal game?
1: Uh, just because it's a game against the Pistons. who are trying, I mean, no, it's not a game against the Pistons. I had the, uh, has the Pistons. It's, it's a game. No, I, I uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we could consider it pivotal game against the Knicks. They do need to win games just for the, just for the season. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised the spread isn't wider. I am too. Uh,
0: but dude, if they lose this game and the Hawks win, the Hawks are 10 and a half point favorites. That means the Hawks overtake them in the East for that eight spot. And then the Nets got to, got to win two games to get into the playoffs and the play-in games.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll retract a little bit. Yeah. I think Duran isn't going to go out and play 45 minutes or anything like that again, but sure. I think it's reasonable to expect high thirties minutes.
0: All right, let's wrap it up with uh, the center position. Before we do, though, uh, I was going to do just like an awesome, uh, awesome plus NBA read. But I figure even though it's not on here, the awesome MVP program, uh, MVP text program. If you, Mike, do you have that graphic to put on the screen? Thanks. Uh, if you text MVP to this number, put it in chat, too. It's in the link in the description as well. I'm not reading the number, but it's, it's right there with that goofy looking freak up on the screen. Uh, if you text it. we're not going to spam you. I made sure of that. I asked specifically, I was like, is this spam? And we're not spamming our people, right? They said, no, absolutely not. Only relevant stuff like uh, exclusive discounts, beta testing, new tools. I don't know who wouldn't want to do that. You're automatically entered to win a a free month of awesome plus platinum. And uh, if you, if you join the awesome MVP text program, you can get 50% off. You will get, if you decide to sign up 50% off, your first week of awesome o plus platinum. That's every sport on the site. You have the masters coming up, baseball opening days tomorrow, basketball, UFC, uh, NASCAR, esports, everything on the site, 50% off. So text MVP to that number. If you want to get involved in beta testing and everything else that we've got, including half off an awesome o plus uh, weekly pass. All right, let's wrap this up, Greg. We're, we're up against it, but I think we could probably work through this pretty easily. Is there any real priority play at center?
1: Yeah, for me, it is Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, I know that the Wizards don't really have anything to play for at this point in the season, but in competitive games, Porzingis is still playing around 30 minutes. And with the amount of guys that are out on this team, Kyle Kuzma, who's likely not going to play the rest of the season, there is so much usage available to Kristaps to Porzingis. We've seen games where he's he's gotten over 40% usage rate. In a game where he is not as involved in the offense, like last game, that's still a 25.8% usage rate. So over the last handful of games, you know, 25.8, 34.5, 31, 37.2, 27.8, 43.7. Porzingis is going to shoot when he's on the court. He's scoring over 40 fantasy points more often than he's scoring under 40 fantasy points when he's been with Washington. So to me, he is the highest priority at the center position. I would like Rudy Gobert a lot just relative to his price. But once again, I kind of have to discount his minutes a little bit just because of how wide that spread is against OKC, who has no intention of trying to win games.
0: At all. Randy Hulse, welcome to Team Awesome, man. Nice to see that. I missed that earlier. My chat just froze up, it looked like. But um, all right, let's wrap it up with this. First off, if the answer is no, works for me. Any value or any uh, low-owned players at center, and second off, who would you say your your favorite contrarian option is today? Like, I have to go with I got to go with with our boy Emmanuel quickly if he stays at eight percent. But uh, take it away, close us out.
1: All right. So low owned center option. Hmm. I'll, I th- I think I'll go with Hardenstein here. He's okay. seventeen dollars. We've seen him play bigger minutes as of late. He crushes on a points per minute basis. Last two games, twenty seven and twenty three minutes. It's funny, even when they came out and they said, hey, we're going to limit Zubots' minutes. It's like, well, Hartenstein's already been playing more than I've been playing better. So Hartenstein is somebody who I've been on as a contrarian play. Still, only $17 on Yahoo. He is projected for uh, 6% ownership. So that's my favorite center play as a contrarian option. Overall on the slate, as far as contrarian options go, I think quickly makes a whole lot of sense. I don't want to just give out the same one as you. So I'll scroll through and try to find somebody else. Um I'll be down Hunter for me. I like to make small forward, Small forward is one of the more difficult positions to fill today on Yahoo. He's projected for twelve percent ownership. Um, I currently build him well over that number, particularly if Danilo Gallinari gets rolled out. I literally like getting to Hunter.
0: All right, and last thing, a bit of an obscure question here, but it goes back to what you were talking about with the Thunder starting lineup. If the Thunder start the same lineup as they did yesterday, does Oliver Sar? makes sense to you at $12, given that he played 39 minutes off the bench?
1: I still can't. I, I can't trust that if he comes off the bench. Okay. I understand what you're saying in terms of do we just expect the same rotations, you know, to an extent, but at the same time too, Lindy Waters came off the bench and played four minutes. Yep. Who's to say Lindy Waters can't end up playing 30 minutes and that's 20 less minutes that Olivier Sauer plays, for instance. Yep. So I, if he, I don't want to play anybody who comes off the bench for OKC. Starters only for me.
0: Makes sense to me. Follow Greg at Gerenberg, DFS, Mia underscore D. Shout out to Mike Lawrence for producing this one. And uh, good luck tonight, guys. Remember, NBA Deeper Dive, NBA Live Before Lock, PGA Live Before Lock, all of that coming up throughout the day right here on the Awesome O YouTube channel. Peace.